You know, today we're going to look at the promise that he's made to those who trust him, that he will always hear us when we pray. You know, so many people have so many different impressions or thoughts when it comes to this idea of prayer. You know, and it's, it's such a commonly used word, isn't it? Uh, or the, you hear the phrase all the time, I'm praying for you. And sometimes it kind of becomes, uh, it, it equates to you're on my mind, right? Or I'm thinking about you. Sometimes we think of it like those hot air balloons floating up to God or, or that message in a bottle, okay, God, here's something that I want to share with you. And here it is, I'm going to let it go, right? We kind of romanticize it a little bit, don't we? Or, or maybe you're feeling like your prayers are, are a lot like those balloons that were at the airport today. They just don't get off the ground, right? Saying, oh, where in the world, wh- what's happening? Is God really hearing me? But today we're going to look at God's heart about prayer. You know, many times we, we've seen it as ritual or we have these prayers that that are rote memory that we say okay these are the ways that God wants me to communicate with him these are the ways that God wants me to come before him and he says you know what I'm more concerned about your attitude as you come before me the image of Christ that is upon you that I am with necessarily hearing your voice or responding to you. Now, I have to tell you, just like I mentioned before, there's so much about prayer that we need to dig into and we need to think about and we need to pray about and seek God's word for. But at the very heart of prayer, it's all about communion or communication with us to him. And the Lord's heart for prayer is more about relationship and growth than it is about, okay, they said a prayer, I better, I better go after it, I better try to answer it. We're going to look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Would you open there with me? 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. Let's read it together. It says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. You know, I love that phrase and and a couple of these phrases we've seen throughout this time that that we've been looking at some of the promises of God. This idea of confidence. This idea of you can count on it. This idea that, wow, something amazing uh, is happening that you can trust, that you can depend on. He says, now have this, con- now this is the confidence, excuse me, this is the confidence that we have in him. And there's two more of those pesky words that, that we have been uh, kind of seeing throughout our time together is this idea of in him. You know, last week we talked a little bit about the Lord's plan and how he wants to use us in it, right? And, and how he uses many times our weakest things, the things that we would say, God, I don't even know how you could begin to use me. He uses those things and says, I'm going to use you for my plan. I'm going to do something amazing through these weaknesses. But in that plan, we talked about how God's plan is that all the world would have an opportunity to know him as their personal savior. 
as uh, what it would mean to have a personal relationship with him. Now that is amazing to me because as I think about God, as I think about who God is, I, if, if I were God, which is a far cry, right? But if I were God, I'd say, okay, you guys down there, you know I'm better than you, right? <laughs> you know I'm above you, you know I'm stronger, you know I'm more powerful, you know I created all this, right? And, but, but God says, you know what? I don't want to keep a distance between me and you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want us to, to be able to get along together. And this idea of, of uh, God's response to prayer is kind of within that realm of these two words, in Him. To be honest, God, uh, prayer and God's response to it is actually reserved for those who are in Him, for those who have a personal relationship with Him. Now, as we talk about this, I want you to understand that, that there are, uh, God does pour out blessings uh, and, and gives us grace in our daily lives. You know, whether you are a follower of Christ or whether you're one who doesn't, we all experience some amazing provision, some amazing blessings in our lives. But you're missing out on the conversation if you're not in Him. Because there was no connection that was established. In Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save. It says, Behold, uh, God's hand it isn't just, just oh, I, 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 I wish I could save you. I just, just can't reach that far. It says, His hand can reach, right? And then it says, uh, Nor is His ear so dull that it can't hear. The Bible says God is capable. There's nothing lacking in Him. He does amazing things. He can respond in amazing ways. He does amazing things. But then in verse 2, it shares with us that God's not the problem. We are. It says, but your iniquities or your sins have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. You know, there are so many around us in our community who are seeking after God, who are crying out to Him, and God says, wait, wait just a second. Before we deal with that, we need to deal with this. Are you in me? Is there a separation between me and you? That's what sin does. It, it keeps us from God. And we've all been there. It's not like one of us can say, yeah, I'm, I'm perfect. I came to God and God said, wow, you're looking pretty good today. You know, you're, you've, you've done, made right choices. You've done the right things. Uh, come on in. There's a line of separation between us and God and every one of us has experienced that. But Romans 6.23, it says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin, what we earn for our sin is separation from God. So as we cry out to Him, there is something that is, your prayers are hitting the ceiling, so to speak, right? And it's not about him and his strength, it's about us. And so he has made a way for us to have relationship with him, to have friendship with him. Uh, it's what's so amazing about our God. He doesn't just leave it there. <laughs> he loves 
compound sentences, right? Anybody back in school learning about compound sentences yet? There's one sentence, two sentences, stick them together, that's a compound sentence, okay? So in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, is a compound sentence. It says, the wages of sin is death, and a lot of times we would put a period there and say, okay, that's the end of it. <laughs> that's kind of a bummer, isn't it? It says, but the gift of God. It says, but the thing that I want to do for you, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It says, when, when we can't speak to God, when our prayers aren't reaching His ears, God does something about it. He speaks to us. He's doing the reaching out. He's giving the gift of Jesus Christ. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, while there was still a separation between us and Him, He died for us. He's inviting you into that relationship into that communion, into that communication with Him. It's starting the conversation. It's, it's uh, uh, allowing God to do something on our behalf so that we can have this time of prayer with Him, a time where He hears us. And today, why don't you let your prayer be, Lord, rescue me from my sin? Lord, remove this separation, this thing that's separating me from you. Bring me into a relationship with you through Christ's sacrifice. That is a prayer that God hears and responds to. So what about the one who has given their life to Christ? This, this uh, promise in, in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Now this is a confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. You know, so many times we focus our communication with God on the needs of our lives and, and looking for the answers to our problems that we skip over simply reveling in the conversation. I want you to think about that phrase for a second. He hears us. Have you ever just sat in awe of that idea, that thought, that you have the opportunity to spend time to talk with Almighty God, that He invites you to that, that He desires that, that He wants that. And I, what I love is that He's not looking at His watch, you know? He's not going, to, okay, make this quick, I'm in a hurry, right? He says, no, I've got all day. Spend all the time, I'm available to you. Let's keep this conversation going. That, that's the sense of, of when God's word says pray without ceasing, right? It's just that sense of let's just have this time together. Don't, we don't even have to say amen. We can go through our day and just say, okay, God, this is what's going on in my life. This is the next thing that's going on. Hey, I'm going to get coffee. You want to come, right? It's amazing. We should dwell on that because... He is the creator and sustainer of the universe. You'd think that would keep him pretty busy, right? He holds the world together. And, and as we learn more about our universe, as we learn more about the galaxies, 
we just go, wow, that is amazing, God. You have your hand in all of that. And as we learn more about microbiology, right, as we learn more about uh, the cell and, and, and all that goes into that and how God is just, just keeps it all together, we say, wow, you have time for me? He's the creator and sustainer. He's the one who knows the end of time just as well as he knows the beginning of time. And you know, that is amazing to me that, that our God is outside of time. You know, we are limited by time, aren't we? We're always looking at our watch. We're always watching the time go by. And we're always being moved over. And it doesn't matter if you're ready or not. Here it comes, right? The next day and the next day and the next day. But our God isn't limited in that way. It's amazing. And he knows the end of time. He knows everything that's going to happen. Just like we look at history, just like we look at, at uh, what's going on in our lives right now and we could describe it and tell it and study it, that's how God looks at the future all the way to the end, all the way to eternity. And he hears us. I said, no, wait, that, that must be a misprint, right? Let me, let me try that again. Lord, is, is there something going on here? Did I miss something? No, that's the kind of God that we have. The, the people of God have reveled in this and, and shared this throughout time and, and throughout Scripture. I want to share a couple of those with you. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 7, it says, For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as is the Lord our God? says there is no greater nation. And, and speaking of the nation of Israel, they were coming before God and they were saying, God, you are amazing. There is no one else like you. I mean, when we come to you, when we call to you, you hear us. It says that there uh, that has a God so near to it as is the Lord our God whenever we call on him. You know, it's not, okay, Lord, just so you know, I'm over here, I'm ready to talk, you know, if, if, just when you get a chance, I'll be over here. No, when we say, Lord, I want to share something with you, I want to come before you, he says, okay, you got my full attention. Psalm 116, verse 1, David, in the middle of a struggle against an enemy, this is what he says, <laughs> I love the Psalms, they're filled with these. He says, I love the Lord. In the middle of his struggle, in the middle of his difficulty, he just says, you know, I just got to tell you, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. Wow, God, that's just one more way that you show us your love is that you listen to us, that you hear us. You hear the requests that I have, the burdens of my heart. 2 Kings 22 verse, verse 7 says, uh, David says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came to his ear. And then in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, the Lord says, this is what he says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. There's something about prayer that draws us closer to Him, more in relationship with Him, right? We, we get to be uh, on the same page with Him. 
says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. I'm going to do some amazing things in your life. And part of that is this communication that we have with him. Prayer. There's no one else like our God. And you know, sometimes, as amazing as that is, we take it for granted. We say, oh yeah, I know. There's no one like our God. I know he hears me. That is amazing. I can call on him at any time, right? But let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And you know, we're, we're not going to flesh out this whole story, but I want you to see the, the, the dramatic difference between a person who has confidence that they can call upon the Lord and a person who is calling to nothing. Elijah, it's, it's the account of, of a showdown between Elijah, who is the prophet of God, and 450 prophets of Baal. 450 false prophets standing up against one prophet. All these people are saying, Baal is God. He's the one who you should serve, Israel. And here's Elijah going, um, actually, there's no God but our God, right? And so there's this showdown where, where uh, the people all gather together and, and uh, they are given these, uh, the two representatives, the Elijah and the 450 prophets, they're given uh, these sacrifices, these, these offerings of worship, and they, are, uh, they said, okay, the God who responds first wins the prize. <laughs> the God who responds with fire and accepts the sacrifice and says, thank you for it, right? Thank you for coming into my presence, for seeking after me. He says, that is the one true God. And so the prophets of Baal, they, they got a head start. And in verse 26, uh, they, the end of that, you can see, it says, they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. 450 people calling on this God from morning until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. Compare that to the verses that we just looked at. God answers, right? <laughs> he hears us. And then in verse 27, it came about noon, it says, that Elijah mocked them, saying, Call out with a loud voice. He says, you know what, guys, 450 of you, I don't know if you're loud enough. <laughs> he says, go ahead, shout louder. He says, you want to make sure that he can hear you. I know he's got important things going on. You know, I, I, I know you, you just need to get his attention. He says, either he is occupied, and really that word is daydreaming. <laughs> so either your God is just kind of uh, twiddling his thumbs, looking around. Thinking about something else. Oh, wait, oh, is somebody calling me? <laughs> somebody calling after my name? Oh, wait a second. You need to be louder, he says. Or gone aside. And, and actually, this phrase, uh, Elijah isn't so couth. You know on the airplane, the, uh, the phrase when the latch goes over and it says ocupado, right? Occupied. It says maybe your God is occupied. It says, literally, maybe he's relieving himself. It says, your God, he's not answering. He must be busy. And then he says, or maybe he's on a journey. Or maybe he's asleep and needs to be awakened. He's saying, 
your God is limited. Your God is small. And, he, and this went on for the rest of the day. You can read the story about how the prophets of Baal, they went to extreme measures to get the attention of God. And you know what? So many people in our world are trying to get somebody's attention. Whether it's a, a God that they serve or whether it's other people, we are trying so desperately to have meaning to hear, that someone would hear us. And you can re- read the, the whole story here, how Elijah drenches the sacrifice in water. Actually, three times. Now, that is not in the survival manual, right? If you want to start a fire, you don't put water on it, right? He drenches the the sacrifice because he wanted everyone to see, you know what? My God is not only strong, he is amazingly strong. And then in verse 36, Elijah prayed, And I want you to hear the difference. You know, there's one that is saying, I am going to do whatever it takes to get the attention of God. And here's Elijah. This is what he says. And he wasn't yelling. He says, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Lord, I'm I'm just doing what you've told me to do. Would you show yourself strong? You know, it's much more conversational, isn't it? It's much more of a relationship that that Elijah has with his God. He says, answer me, O Lord. Answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God. And that you have turned their heart back again. And then verse 38 says, Then... The fire of the Lord fell. God came through in a big way. You know, and it reminds me of Romans chapter 10, verse 11. We've talked about this one before. Whoever believes on him will not be disappointed, will not be put to shame. Imagine if Elijah stood there and said, Okay, God, you've told me to do this. You said you would come through. Go ahead, do it. And nothing happened. He says, no, that's not how it works. He says, the, the one who believes on him will not be disappointed. He says, I was following after you. I'm doing exactly what you have told me to do. He says, I prepared this at your word, right? I'm listening to you. I'm on the same page with you. And that's a process. You know, we serve a God who hears his people. You know, it, it's a wow. It's a can you believe this? Almighty God hears me when I pray. Maybe you would say, well, yeah, but that's them. That's King David. You know, that's God's people Israel. That's Elijah. Those are the heavy hitters, right? And if they were here, they would say, no, no. You have no idea. My life is a mess. (laughs) But my God is amazing. So listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. He's speaking of your relationship with God. He says, for through him we both, he says, Jews and Gentiles, he says, those who come through Christ, right, 
have our access in one spirit to the Father. You have access to the Father. And then later on in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, In whom, in, in uh, Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in Him. Now, if it was just me and I didn't have God's Word, and God said, okay, you can come to me. I will hear you. I would say, okay, God, this, is this too far? I don't want to go too far. <laughs> I don't want to take advantage of you. You know, you are amazing. You are powerful. You are strong. You are, wow, and, and I'm not. Is, I just want to make sure. But what does God's Word say? With boldness. He says, when you pray, you can come before him with confidence, with assurance that he wants you there, <laughs> that he wants to have this conversation, that he's not saying, okay, let's get this over with. <laughs> we have bold, confident access through faith in him. And you know why? <laughs> Do you know why God desires this communication? Why does he have such, uh, why is it that, that he gives us such access? It's because Christ is at his heart, right? It's because his love has been poured out on us in so many ways, but principally through Christ. And he says, I, it's not, um, you know, it, really, it's not that we have some sort of control over him, you know? It's not that, okay, God, I'm praying, you better listen, you better act, right? It's not that at all. And it's not that we have him on a leash or he's at our beck and call. And honestly, that's what all the gods of this world are made up of. They're made up of ones that we have power over. He doesn't just say, um, I mean, it's not just about do what we say, right? He's not subject to us. But he wants to have that relationship with us, that fellowship, that communication. And it doesn't make him less God to hear us. It makes him the true God. And his heart is not only to start the conversation, to do a work in your life, to rescue you, to remove that separation. And it's not only for us to revel in that conversation, but it's also his heart to pursue the conversation. It says, now this is the confidence, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I love that phrase, according to his will, because he's not just saying, okay, here's a blank check, whatever in the world you want, I'm going to give to you. Do parents do that? I, I hope not, right? <laughs> Here's a blank check. Kid, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. I'll do it for you. You want this, you want that, you want me to do this, you want me to do this for you, I'll, I'll do it. No, no questions asked. No. He says the, the purpose of a parent, right, is to lead and to guide, to bring wisdom, to instill wisdom into your kids who don't yet know any better, right? 
Sorry, guys. I don't mean to offend you guys. <laughs> but there's still more to learn. But that's the same way it is with us. There's still more for us to learn about what God's plan is for us, what his purpose is for us. And this phrase, according to your will, says, okay, I want my life to be a pursuit of you and what you want and what you desire. You see this theme throughout the passages that speak of prayer in the New Testament. It's about lining up his heart with mine. Really, lining up my heart with his, right? And I'm not saying, uh, you know, that when we pray uh, in accordance with his will, that right that second, God gives you that request. (laughs) Or that it's how we want it done. But as we pray in his will, as we're on the same page with him, he does amazing things in his time and through his ways. God's ways are higher than ours. And you know what? At the end, we'll say, wow, God, that was pretty good, (laughs) right? That was pretty smart. How did you know that? He's God. And he does this. Uh, Some of the ways that he he, uh, helps us in prayer align our hearts with him is that he reveals in us areas that need work. In James chapter 4, verse 3, it says, you ask and you do not receive. Wait, wait, I thought you said that God listens to me and that he does, uh, he, he accomplishes his work through my prayers and, and the way that he works through me. It says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasure. You know, oftentimes when, when uh, we think of the blatantly obvious things, the blatantly obvious motives that we say, now, come on. Should you really be praying about that, right? Like, like uh, asking God for a luxury cu- cruise liner, right? Lord, I just want to own this thing, you know? And God says, well, and really us, right? We go, come on, that's, that's, not, that's not God. He's not a genie in a bottle, right? He's not just trying to, uh, doing our every wish and every whim. That's not God's plan for your life. You know what? Maybe it is. Maybe God would use you on a cruise ship to lead others to Christ. I'll sign up for that, right? <laughs> but many times he uses other means, isn't it? Isn't that true? You know, and, and, but we think of those big things, those extravagant things, and we say, you know what? That's a little ridiculous. That's not being on the same page with God. But so many times there are things in our lives, so many motivations that creep up. And James says, you don't receive it because (laughs) why do you really want it? And if I gave it to you, would that be beneficial for your life or would it be detrimental to your life? The motivation of our heart. (laughs) He says, you got to deal with it. You've got to let me do something about it. And it's not to say that we don't ask God for big things. Because he really desires to pour out his blessing on us in different ways. But it's that those prayers can be an expression of his heart and his motives. When you are boldly asking 
for something big from God. And I don't mean finances. I mean just, God, you need to work in this situation. We want it to be an expression of His heart, don't we? Of His motive. So what do we do when our hearts don't line up with His? James 4, a little bit later in that passage, James 4, verses 8 through 10, says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Isn't that amazing? Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. James has given it to us straight. You know, he's, he's not mixing the medicine. He's saying, this is what needs to take place in your life. Purify you, your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning that your, uh, and let your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and He will exalt you. Aren't you so thankful that He draws us through prayer and makes us more like Him? You know, and those times where we're heart, our heart is not aligned with Him, He says, look, get it right. Let's get right together. Let's get on the same page. Allow Him to make you more like Jesus through prayer. And He also increases our trust in Him through prayer. It's how He gets us kind of aligned with His heart. In, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 8 through 11, it says, um, For everyone who asks receives, and he, he who seeks finds, and him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf We'll give them a stone. <laughs> is there a dad here who, when their, their kid comes to you and says, Dad, can I just have some, just a little something to eat at dinner time? <laughs> and you say, Buddy, here it is. This is what I have for you. A stone. He goes, what? Right? And so many times in our lives, we see things that we think are bread that we think are beneficial to our lives, that we think, man, God, if I could only have this, let me pray for this. And he says, you don't know what a stone looks like, do you? (laughs) That is a stone. I want to give you bread. In verse 11, it says, if you then, being evil or imperfect, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask Him? Many times when we pray and don't get that immediate answer, we think God's holding back, right? That, that He's not wanting to give out His best. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. But instead of disappointment, He encourages us to trust Him. Just trust me. I know what is beneficial for your life. I know what is detrimental for your life. Let me give you bread. We can say, Lord, this is my request, this is what I'm seeking, but ultimately I'm going to trust that you know what is best. And as I grow, I want my heart to reflect the things that you want. Help me in that. Align my heart with that. And teach me. Allow me to trust you when the answer isn't what I wanted to hear. But prayer also aligns our heart with His as He teaches us persistence. You know, sometimes as He's aligning our hearts with His, He allows persistence and perseverance uh, to teach us 
and to show us what is truly important in, in your life. What is it that you are passionate about? What is it that you are really seeking God about? What is it that is critical for your life? What is the passion of your heart? In Luke chapter 18, Jesus told a parable uh, to his disciples, and the purpose, it says in verse 1, to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. It says, don't give up. <laughs> and he shared about a judge who didn't fear God and didn't care about other people. And a widow came to him, this judge, and said, Judge, you need to do right by me and my family. <laughs> you need to protect me. You need to bring justice for me. And he wasn't willing to do it. But you know what? <laughs> Jesus says in the parable that, that she just kept on. He says, this is important for my life. I need this. I seek this. This is justice for me and for my family. I, this is the passion of my heart. I'm going after it. She kept asking. She kept seeking. And finally, the judge just said, okay, you're wearing me out. <laughs> just, okay, I'll do it. And Jesus said, didn't you hear what the unjust judge just said? He did justice even though he didn't want it. Why? Because of persistence, right? Because she kept asking. She says, how much more do you think that I, the righteous one, right, will bring justice? He says, I would have answered her cry because I would have seen her persistence. She, she would see my compassion and my passion for her life and there was something about that persistence, that, that going after, that says, okay, God, this thing is not as important as this. No, this, no, really, Lord, this. No, Lord, I need you to act in this. Persistence tells us more about our own heart, doesn't it? And as our hearts are aligned with his, if you had to narrow it down, if you had only one thing that you could ask of the Lord and get, what would it be? Would it be like the cry of David? He said in Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing have I asked from the Lord. Lord, this is it. If you do nothing else in my life, and I, I know you will, but this one thing is what I desire my life to be about. And that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. Look, He's not talking about camping out at church. He's talking about, Lord, I just want to be near You. I just want to be in Your presence. That's what prayer is about. He changes us. He molds us. He makes us. And it's about that communion. The primary goal of prayer is abiding in Him, is allowing His desires to be my desires. It's, it's about a journey of growth in our lives. In the middle of all this work in us and through us, in prayer, He also uh, fills our lives with His mighty answers. Isn't that true? You know, as we grow to, him, uh, to be more like Him and as our prayers uh, become more aligned with His heart, throughout time you can see God uh, working in your life, answering prayers. I would encourage you, Take a, a journal and just write your request and write expecting that God will answer it because he answers time and time again in big ways and small ways. My wife and I have been married for eight years, right? Eight, okay, just wanted to make sure. For eight years and, 
And Patty, during that whole time, has prayed for twins. And you may have heard this story before, but I have to tell you, I just have to tell it again. And you know, I didn't pay much mind to it. I said, okay, God, she wants twins. We'll go along with that. Let's see if you answer that one, right? <laughs> and we became foster parents several, several years ago, and, and our journey all through that time was one of complete joy. <laughs> okay. No, there were times of difficulty and hardship and questions and disappointments, right? But the Lord continued to work in us continue to mold us, continue to to align our prayers and our hearts with His, continue to prepare us in ways that we never could have seen or anticipated. And all the while, Patty was praying for twins. And I remember very clearly the night that we basically said, okay, uh, in foster care, no more placements, no more kids. We're just going to take a break right now. And Patty said, well... uh, Unless, of course, they're twin girls, right? I said, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you've been praying for that. It's not going to happen. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. It's one in a million. Well, two in a million, right? <laughs> and two hours later, we got a call about the girls that are now ours. And it was 12 o'clock at night. And I remember Patty just told him, yep, we'll take them. And they said, don't you need to ask your husband? He said, well, we already talked about it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then she rolled over to me and said, twins, girls, yes? Lord. <laughs> right? It's amazing how much God loves us and loves to answer our prayers. I take a little more seriously what I let Patty pray for, too. (laughs) But it's about those conversations, isn't it? It's about those times where we just come before the Lord and we get to pour our heart out. We get to grow in Him. We get to be strengthened by Him. We get to, to become more aligned with His heart and what He has for us. Can you see that that? The God who promises that he hears us is more concerned with you than simply about answering a prayer. There's so much that God does through prayer. There's so many amazing truths and strengths and amazing results when we pray. There's power in prayer. And I would encourage you, urge you to seek his word about prayer. There's so much there. But never forget that the result of the conversation is that we look more like Christ, that we have the mind of Christ. And that's the reason that God has promised us that he will always hear us when we pray. Father, we come before you and we stand in awe that the words that come out of our mouth and the words that we can't even speak that we speak from our heart, that you hear us, that you give us your time and your strength, your effort. You do mighty things. Lord, I thank you most of all that you 
make us more like your Son. Lord, and our cry is, let me seek you for the things that you are seeking. Lord, let my heart be a reflection of yours. And Lord, you are good. You are mighty. You are amazing. Help us, Father. I thank you that it's your work. In Jesus' name, amen.